0: Alright, let's go. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Atomic Skull podcast. My name is Matthew, and I am recording live inside a pile of dog pee. And I understand when you hear that, you're going to have questions. How can dog pee be in the form of a pile? How am I even inside of it? How is recording equipment working inside a pile of dog pee? Is there Wi-Fi in here? The answer to all of those questions is... I am going to shoot this new dog. I am kidding. I am not going to shoot the dog. I'll probably poison her food. She eats my shoes, eats the coffee table, which is a weird sentence to actually say out loud. She is yelping all over the place. She sounds like the second verse of a fucking Bjork song. She is a handful but God damn it, she's fucking adorable. She is fearless. She has so much sass. She cuddles up with the other dog when it's cold. It's been so much fun. Completely worth the pile of pee that I am in right now. I want to thank you guys for all of the feedback that I got on last week's episode about food. You guys made me so horny for breakfast. And I was thinking about it. It's probably been like a year since I really went balls to the wall with a killer plate of breakfast that makes you immediately want to go back to bed. I also want to give a shout out to the entire concept of breakfast for dinner. If you aren't a fan of having breakfast for dinner, you suck. As harsh as that might sound, I don't even think it's remotely provocative to say everyone likes breakfast for dinner. It's up there with Mr. Rogers and Bohemian Rhapsody. Nobody's coming down on the other side of that argument. Atomic Skull Podcast at gmail.com. If you don't like breakfast for dinner, I want you to email me and tell me how long you've been a communist. Uh, Let's run through some of everyone's favorite five item breakfast plates, our gold star question from last week. I got a lot of answers and they were all fucking delicious. No exceptions. Oh my God, I love breakfast. Oh, before I get into these, we do need to go over the whole crispy versus chewy bacon conflict. I'm aware I need to watch my words here because this is crazy, you guys, but my audience is actually growing. That's fucking nuts to say, but my audience is actually growing and I risk alienating a lot of people, if I say the wrong thing on this issue, to any vegans who are listening. First, thank you very much. I appreciate everyone who listens to this shit show. Second, take this portion of the episode to tune out and think about how to justify Morrissey canceling a concert in Los Angeles because it was too cold. Motherfucker, you are a millionaire and your fans are paying a lot of money. Oh, don't worry, babies. We're gonna get to Ticketmaster a little bit later. But Morrissey's fans are overpaying to see him perform. Bring a fucking jacket. For the rest of us who actually have a pig in this bacon race, I don't want you to think that I'm being a total pussy here or anything. But the truth is, crispy bacon and chewy bacon both serve different purposes and are both necessary depending on the need. Let us all come together and admit that bacon in all forms is delicious and wonderful, and everybody loves it. Except for one of my sisters, who openly hates bacon and freedom. Okay, so for the five-item breakfast plates, let's start. I've got a sunrise omelet, biscuits and gravy, sweet potato hash with extra grilled onions and shallots, two runny eggs, and a strawberries and cream crepe. Delicious. I have french toast covered in maple syrup sourdough toast with jam and butter and two over easy eggs spicy sausage links potatoes smothered in cheese and ketchup perfection uh biscuits and gravy crispy bacon over easy eggs hash browns and sourdough toast with butter and strawberry jelly you guys sourdough toast biscuits and gravy runny eggs have gotten a lot of love from a lot of people i'm here for that i love all three of those i've got pork sausage, black pudding, hash brown, two poached eggs, and Cuban coffee. That's strong shit. That breakfast right there is pure gas, <laughs> but I, I, I'm i still eating I would love it. I would still eat it. Uh, I've got biscuits and gravy, poached eggs, poached eggs, biscuits and gravy, poached eggs, semi-crispy bacon, pancakes and hash browns, smothered in hollandaise. Uh, another one, crepes, Crispy hash browns, crab cake, eggs, Benedict on biscuits with holidays because we're being fancy out here, and iced oat milk latte. That sounds delicious. Biscuits and gravy, bacon, over easy eggs, hash browns, buttermilk pancakes. Straightforward, no frills. Oh my God. Uh, and then lastly, I've got an eggs Benny, loaded hash browns, blueberry pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and an omelette. If that omelet was Denver, I might marry it. I know there are several that I missed. But again, thank you to everyone who sent me their sexy ass breakfast plates. There wasn't one plate I got that I wouldn't eat. You guys have killer taste. I think after reading all of that, the answer to the chewy bacon versus crispy bacon debate is... carbs. (laughs) So after having talked last week about food, I feel like it would be appropriate to let nature verbally run its course. And I'm going to tell you guys four stories about why I can't shit in public. (laughs) And these four stories have taken place during different points of my life. They're all true. There's no punchline to any of these. These are all factually accurate. The only punchline is the fact that I had to fucking live through them. That's the punchline. So story number one takes place when I was like 10 years old. My awesome grandmother took me to one of her friend's houses in San Francisco and this house was fancy. I'll never forget the day. It was the day that I learned the word soiree because I was told specifically to not refer to it as a party. It was a soiree, which really makes no sense because the origin of that word is soir, which is French for evening. And this event happened in the afternoon. And if that isn't the most archetype 1990s San Francisco, head up your own ass bullshit that I have ever heard, and the second word that I learned that day was crudités, which is just a fancy French term for vegetables that are served without ranch because we live in a godless world full of pain. I got the talking to from Graham's the entire drive there about being on my best behavior. I think I may have even been wearing a clip-on tie. This soiree was a whole ass situation. So, you know, a little while after we got there... I had to go boom, boom. It, it happens. What do you want me to tell you? You guys can, by the way, expect a heaping amount of doo-doo jokes in this episode, all right? I'm going to be letting myself off the leash, and that is your guys' tough shit. <laughs> I'm going to have some fun here. Are you having fun? Because I'm having a ball. All right, so I make my way to the bathroom, and I do what needs to be done, and I realize way too late that there is no toilet paper. The roll is empty. What kind of host leaves the toilet paper roll empty when they know that company is coming over? Shittiest soiree ever, am I right? So I start crawling around and excavating every cabinet in this bathroom. Why did I decide to tell you this story? I might be getting close to hitting my pelvic floor for shame but I'm not there yet. So there's no toilet paper in this bathroom. Let me remind you guys that if cell phones were a thing back then, this whole situation would have been avoided. Anyone who says technology isn't helpful and awesome is an asshole. I didn't want to create any kind of scene that would ruin this whole pretentious little old lady wine and cheese event. So I'm not going to tell you guys exactly what I did because I assure you, you don't want to know, but I made it out of the bathroom alive and everything seemed to be fine. I forgot to flush like a, like, you know, like a a minute or two. I don't know how long it was, but a little bit after I was done, the host walks into the bathroom, immediately walks back out and makes her way through the living room like Paul Revere announcing to the entire group of guests that she needs to call the plumber because the toilet is clogged. And without missing a fucking beat, she immediately turns to me and says, Matt, what did you have to eat today? It looks like you might be sick. Several little old ladies start walking into the bathroom to examine my Productivity. Half of the people who are there are talking about how impossible it is to find a plumber on Sunday. The other half are talking about the quality of the kids that I dropped off at the pool. I am mortified. I don't know what to say. My grandmother is doing this weird, evil giggle that she does where I can't decide if she genuinely thinks the situation is funny or if she's so angry she can't stop laughing. Finally, I'm able to like barf out the words I forgot to flush. I hear the toilet flush and everything is fine. Except that my BMs were pretty much the main topic of conversation for the next 20 fucking minutes. I wanted to throw myself out of the window. And that's only the number one story, you guys. I want to break this up a little bit and give you a cool down before we get to the second story. So let's move on to your dildo update for the week. When I got this new job, I was really excited to see what people would be coming in to purchase things and what they would buy and what they would say. I feel like I would meet a lot of interesting people and I I wanted to know what they would talk about and you know what they were into. It's so interesting to me, to get that dynamic. What I wasn't prepared for was the darker and unsettling things that I would see. And this week, there were two of them. Both are going to be a little rough to talk about, and I imagine they'll probably also be a little bit rough to hear. So first, a girl came in. She was young, okay? She was very young. Like, we immediately carded her when she walked through the door she made the cut but it would not surprise me if her id was a fake i didn't see it myself she looked and acted 16 and i wasn't sure if she was a little slow a little turned out and high or little column a little column b she came in with a much older man like much much older man long gray hair down the sides with nothing on top. If I was like a casting director who had to cast a pedophile in a movie, I would choose this guy on site. He was very quiet. The girl did all the talking. She was talking really loud and trying to get a lot of attention, but not in like a please help kind of way. You know what i mean because i i had my eye out for that like right when the two of them walked in i clocked them when they walked in and i immediately just got the fucking heebie-jeebies my skin started crawling she had light like really light dyed blonde hair and was definitely groomed by this dude she was looking for some ho shoes and we didn't have any in her size we sent her to another store, so luckily they left pretty quickly. She was in the store for less than five minutes, but seeing that whole thing completely ruined my fucking day. And then a few days later, a lady came in also looking for a pair of ho shoes. She was shopping and found a couple that she liked. The, the, like the associate that was working with her was taking forever to find shoes in her size. And out of nowhere, a dude walks in and immediately starts yelling at this girl for taking too long. She tried telling him that she was waiting on getting the right sizes and that the associate was taking forever. He grabs her arm and shakes her kind of violently. And she apologized and said she would hurry up. And I realized pretty quickly that this dude was her pimp. And he literally said to her, don't make me have to come in here again. I, like, that's so stereotypical. I can't believe anyone in reality actually says that shit out loud. You don't see that happen in real life. Seeing it in front of you brings reality to this whole new fucking level. I talked to a few of my coworkers about both of those things. And they said that seeing shit like that is unavoidable and... You just kind of have to stay out of people's business, which is tough for me, because if I see something that I believe isn't right, I need to say something. I have to speak up. I have to do something about it. I can't help it. But also, this is the kind of place that's built on dynamics like that. And I don't know what's going on with anyone who walks into the door to that building. Everyone has their own story. Like, what if I see something, say something, and then I am wrong and everything going on is completely consensual, illegal, and and, and totally kosher. And then the store that I'm working at gets a bad reputation for judgment, and that's no good for business or the customers. So it's fucking tough, man. Both of those things were extremely difficult for me to see. But on the other hand, I also slipped on some lube that I spilled while I was cleaning up the lube racks and damn near cracked my head open. So that was pretty funny. If a customer ever asks me the quality of that particular brand of lube, which was pink, by the way, it was pink lube, which is which is great, I've used it. I can tell them that it was so good, it almost killed me and I can just let them in for the rest. That would be very good for business. All right, let's get to story number two. You guys are just so lucky to be listening right now. I am such a child. at this story, I was in the 14 years old apartment. I was at one of the malls that I would hang out in when I was a kid, Sun Valley Mall, Concord, California. I was looking through all of the movie posters at Suncoast, which if you understand that reference, don't forget to clean your dentures. So I was at Suncoast and I realized that I had to make poopy. Now, let me paint a picture of the bathroom for you. There were three urinals and three stalls, two regular stalls and a handicap stall. Okay, it is Saturday. The bathroom is full. Every urinal is taken. There's a line for the urinals. All the stalls are taken. I am locked, loaded, and ready to fire. Either I am taking the first stall that opens up, or I'm going to shit on someone's foot. And the first stall that became available was the handicap stall. Now, as I understand it, the protocol for handicap stalls is that they are usable to everyone. Obviously, if there was someone in the restroom that requires that stall in particular, they cut to the front of the line, should there be a line, and they get first dibs on it. Otherwise, It's up for grabs. It's basically like the HOV lane of the bathroom. So I go into the handicap stall and I get down to business. I don't take forever, but I do take a couple of good minutes to, you know, make sure there is a comprehensive evacuation. I did notice while I was in the stall that there were definitely more people leaving the bathroom than coming in, which is nice because it made me feel like I didn't really have to rush. As I'm finishing up... It starts getting super quiet except for a few random nondescript people noises. I was excited to be able to not have to actively avoid eye contact with a bunch of people as I'm coming out while I wash my hands. I Like I open the stall, I walk out to wash my hands and the only two men that are now in the bathroom are both in wheelchairs staring at me. One of them goes immediately in the in the stall. The other one stares at me while I avoid contact, eye contact, wash my hands, and leave the restroom. How the fuck does that even happen? I died walking out of there. A little palate cleanser for you. Grammy nominations were announced this week, and they were right where I thought they would be. The only surprise on there was fucking ABBA. I don't know how to feel about ABBA. Their music is as annoying as it is good, and that pisses me right off. Dancing Queen is objectively a great song, but I fucking hate it. Take a Chance on Me and Mamma Mia always put me in a good mood. I love Gimme Gimme Gimme, but also I hate it. You know what? I don't fucking... I'm gonna stop myself there because I'm gonna get a fucking nosebleed. Moving on, I saw an article online about an open letter to Amber Heard, basically chastising all of us for the way that we as a society overlooked her issues of being abused. And it was signed by something like 130 feminist groups. It was basically an essay to society, okay? And they're right, Amber Heard was abused. There's no two ways about it. It's literally on video. The way that Johnny Depp was acting when he was drunk, you could see the shit that he was doing and what he was saying to her, and there is no excuse for that. The fact that Amber Heard was as off-putting as circus peanuts during the trial doesn't mean that we should overlook the fact that she was abused. Despite finding out that she was toxic as fuck, her story still deserves to be heard. No pun. Here's a metaphor that I have for this whole thing that I came up with while I was stocking cock rings. And this isn't even a food metaphor, so put that in your pie and bacon. If two people both stole the same loaf of bread, god damn it, I accidentally fucking turned it into a food metaphor, motherfucker. Okay, let me try again. If two people stole the same flashlight, if they committed the same crime, both should be punished equally, right? However, if one of those thieves was a priest, someone who we weren't used to seeing do something like that on a regular basis, that is going to be the person that we talk about the most. I mean, if the other thief who wasn't a priest was in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, it probably wouldn't hurt their situation. If we found out that the priest had a threesome with Elon Musk and Cara Delevingne, that would probably also be a pretty big fucking twist. But that is the best metaphor that I could come up with. Boy, these, these shots of tequila that I took before recording are hitting me really hard. All right. Dudu story number three. This one doesn't involve me having to poop at all i was managing the music store the bathrooms there were singular with a lock on the door fantastic i don't have to pretend to not be skeeved out when men make their weird ass orgasmic sounds as they piss in public bathrooms don't get me wrong i have had peas that were utterly fucking delightful But the sounds that men make when they are peeing in public restrooms, especially when other men are around, fucking quiet down a little, Haas. So I go into the bathroom just to pee, and I lock the door behind me. I look at the toilet, and you guys, I don't even know how to describe the situation, was inside that fucking toilet it was one of the biggest objects i have ever seen it may have been an alien it could have been breathing i don't know how something that massive could have come out of a human person like it had it like it had it had girth it was a fucking baseball bat i'm not even kidding I wasn't even impressed I was just fucking confused it was sticking out of the water and not even a little it looked like a fucking lighthouse in a toilet bowl I tried to flush to see if it would go down and I think it laughed at me I flushed it again it didn't move I was literally standing there utterly speechless and then it happened As soon as I heard the knock on the door and I knew someone was waiting for me, I instantly realized how fucked I was. Let me explain. I open the door and I walk out of there and the next person walks in, they're going to think that I left this fecal Godzilla in the toilet. But also, if I was to open the door and look at whoever was in line and say, whatever the hell is in there, it isn't mine, That sounds even worse, and that dude is 1 million percent going to believe it's mine. I am so fucked. I grabbed the toilet brush that was in there and tried to break up the alien that was in that toilet and nothing. That bitch didn't move at all. It did not break. I wish I had that kind of resilience in my life. Meanwhile, I am continuously flushing to no avail and completely playing myself to this guy who is waiting for the bathroom because the more times he hears me flush, the more he's going to think that it's mine. I walked out of the bathroom. This is true. I walked out of the bathroom with my eyes squarely at the floor. I immediately go find my boss. I tell him I have an emergency and I have to go home. And I was literally in my car and out of the parking lot before the dude waiting in line got out of the fucking bathroom. I could not handle that. That was just fucking ridiculous. I still have nightmares about the monster that was in that fucking toilet. Now, let me switch gears and uh, let's do best and worst of the week. (laughs) For best of the week, I want to talk about two very different movies that I saw this week that I loved. And first, of course, is Black Panther. And we're going to do a Marvel Ho alert real quick. I remember... When I saw that Chadwick Boseman died, it was announced later in the evening. It was right in the middle of quarantine. I wasn't having a really good time as it was. And seeing that was an utter fucking shock. It was like Anthony Bourdain dying. I did not see it coming. I just, I remember seeing it, putting my phone down, and just sitting in silence for 20 minutes. I had to tell my wife to, like, my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's her name, I told her, she came up to ask me what was wrong, and I told her to leave me alone. Like, I was kind of a dick, which I feel bad about, but I didn't know how to process that because I just, I didn't see it coming. It was a fucking shocker. As far as the movie itself was concerned, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, it was exactly what you think it would be, exactly what it should have been. It was a delicate balance of honoring and mourning a big loss and moving the narrative of the surviving characters in the world around them forward. And Ryan Coogler, the director and the writer, was fantastic at pulling off both. Namor and the Submariners were represented really well. I can't believe kind of the B character like that was introduced but the fans were demanding it. They kind of knew that that was coming and the movie served those characters really well. Ripped them directly from the comic and I loved it. There were a couple of fantastic cameos that I wasn't expecting. It was a little long-winded. You could have probably gotten rid of about 20 minutes of it that I wouldn't have missed but overall it was a good flick. The beginning and the end of the movie both broke Whatever is left of my fucking little black heart. The beginning Marvel credits in complete silence was a huge statement. That hit me really hard up front. And then that montage at the end of the movie and seeing the burning clothes during the during the credits, maybe the most powerful scene in a movie this year now the other movie that i want to talk about that i loved for completely different reasons was the weird owl movie daniel radcliffe plays weird Al in the most insane movie i have seen probably since sorry to bother you sorry to bother you is on netflix right now by the way i cannot recommend that movie enough bar none The weirdest fucking third act of a movie I have ever seen. Back to the Weird Al movie. I don't even know how to explain it. It was genius. I'm an old school Weird Al fan, by the way. The first cassette tape I ever bought was Smells Like Nirvana. And his movie UHF is a cult masterpiece. How do I even explain this movie? I'm going to try and I'm going to fail. But... It is a biopic, sort of. (laughs) It hits a lot of the main anchor points of Weird Al's life. Learning the accordion, meeting Dr. Demento, recording Another One Rides the Bus, but it gets most of the facts leading up to those points completely wrong. It's like a satire of a biopic. It reminded me a lot of walk hard with John C. Riley, except it was with a real person and there were way less dicks in the movie. What I thought was great about it is that they knew pretty much only fans of Weird Al were going to see the movie. And if you're a fan of someone, like someone famous, you kind of know their background a little bit. Enough to where like, you know how they came up and how they got famous and kind of what their history is. And they banked on that idea that whoever was watching it would know his background, so they intentionally completely made it wrong. The movie, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Don't mind me here, you guys. This is going to be one of the more pretentious things that I've ever said on this shit show, but I'm going to allow myself to do it as an early Christmas present, so please don't hold this against me. This movie is oozing With hyperbole. There. Okay, I'm done. I was amazed at how good Daniel Radcliffe is and the cameos in this fucking movie. It feels like the director basically went to the comedy store in LA on a busy Saturday night and said, All right, everyone who is performing tonight, I need all of you to come with me and be in my movie. And also, anyone famous. Who happens to be in the audience, you guys are coming too. Probably the most cameos I have ever seen in a movie, and I loved them all. I would recommend both flicks. For worst of the week, I know we talked about Ticketmaster a little while back, and I know that I said they were too big to fail. I am going to have to back that statement up a little bit because that was before they fucked around and done pissed off the Swifties. And there is nothing more terrifying than young white girls who don't get what they want because they are so used to getting what they want. And Ticketmaster blorfed the presale for the Taylor Swift concerts so bad by letting bots gobble up all the tickets that they straight up had to cancel the general on sale. There are vengeful mimosa brunches being put together about this issue as we speak. There isn't a Starbucks in the country this week where you can't see some pissed off FaceTiming going on while waiting for chai tea lattes. Allison, you, me, Lauren, Emma, Jessica, and Ashley are going to Bottomless on Sunday. We have work to do. If I worked for Ticketmaster every Sunday afternoon between now and when this tour is over, I would be fucking terrified. You think the January 6th insurrection is bad? Those middle to upper class drunk bitches are going to storm The Ticketmaster Headquarters, 9348 Civic Center Drive, Beverly Hills, California, by the way. And I know those girls will be trouble when they walk in. You're going to see TikToks of pasty white legs and Ugg boots perched on the CEO's desk. They're going to make the whole building smell like rotten pumpkin spice and avocado toast. And every executive in that building is going to be lying on the cold, hard ground. You guys, the Justice Department is investigating Ticketmaster now. That is how swiftly the Swifties work. And all it took was a few phone calls from a few of those girls to their parents, right? Hi, Daddy. It's Michaela. You still work for the Justice Department, right? Can you guys do something about Live Nation? They're pissing me and my friends off. Also, I want Taylor Swift tickets for Christmas. Thanks, Daddy K. Bye. Now, batting cleanup is my final story this one was around 10 years or so ago i was out on a date with this girl let's call her red flags oh my god what was i thinking so i was trying to get over a particularly painful breakup at the time and i was getting out there again and i accidentally landed a date with a bona fide. Hottie, she was trying to be a suicide girl. That is how ridiculously stupid hot she was. If you don't know about suicide girls, you guys, Google it, I want one for Christmas. So this girl was delicious. She was really sweet. She had three kids. What was I thinking? And for our first date, we went to a Mexican place to get Margs and burritos. I'm not sure if I mentioned this yet, but what was I thinking? Matthew Kitson rule number 17, never go to Mexican food on the first date. We got pretty tipsy, and she invites me to go back to her place. Hallelujah. She wants to watch something, so I suggested Mad Men, like I do. Seriously, y'all, works 100% of the time. And we were sitting together, pretty close on the couch, but not quite cuddling. Now... I'm not afraid to admit that I'm not always the most confident person in the world. At that time of my life in particular, being freshly single and feeling like I was a little out of my league and a little out of my depth, I didn't quite know what to do, nor the right way to do it, okay? And right about then was the moment that the anxiety peanut butter mixed with the Mexican food jelly in my stomach and the feeling came in like a wrecking ball. I already had these other three stories under my belt, so I wasn't exactly thrilled about what it was that I had to do, but I knew that I had to do it. I excused myself to get into her bathroom, and I got the business done quick, okay? And because of the Mexican food, that really wasn't a problem, all good. I finish up, I flush, the water, doesn't even try to go downwards. It immediately just comes back up and then I immediately start sweating, which is a fraction the Mexican food, a fraction Arizona, and a fraction the situation. I search every nook and cranny in that bathroom and there is no plunger. I find none plunger. This house was sans a plunger. And nothing dries a girl out faster than some dude coming out of her bathroom on the first date screaming shitters full. I told myself this was not a moment that I was going to miss out on. You guys, brace yourselves. I plunged the toilet with my fucking hands. What was I thinking? God help me, it worked. I washed my hands up to my elbows over and over again, like there was no tomorrow. And I come out of the bathroom, bitch is passed all the way out on the couch. There is no waking her up. She is done. I turn off the TV, carried her to her bed, plugged in her phone and left. And now, I don't shit in public anymore, you guys. I have retired from shitting in public. If there is a situation where I have to poop in public, it is dire. Literally, the fate of the world would have to depend on my immediate BM. And I could give you four whole stories about my life waiting until I get home to shit. And we're going to do that some other time because I am tired of talking about my bowel movements. So... I think that is about as good a place as any to wrap it up for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. I feel like I talked about some real good shit today. If you are listening before Thanksgiving, I hope you have a wonderful holiday full of whatever it is that makes it special to you. If you're listening after Thanksgiving, same story, but past tense. For my Black Friday this year, I am working for six hours, which is a fucking Wild. Every year before this one, for the last like 20 years, I've worked at least double that. Six hours is usually the amount of time I have between my shift for Black Friday and then Saturday. I know a lot of people say they want to avoid Black Friday because it perpetuates consumerism and they feel bad for the employees having to work, which I agree with when it comes to Thanksgiving Day. But here's the thing with Black Friday. Every employee who works in retail is aware that day is a thing. They're aware it is insanely busy. Aside from a few turds here and there, the day is tiring, but it's usually pretty fun. And it goes by quick because it's so busy. But that day in particular sets the tone for how the holidays are going to be in whatever store that, that that we might be talking about. It doesn't matter the company, just whatever store it is. And a lot of companies will allocate holiday labor hours based on Black Friday performance. And I'm not trying to guilt you into feeling like you have to go shopping on that day. But if you're on some kind of high horse about not shopping on that day because of how you feel about employees at the store that you're avoiding, you're actually doing them a disservice by having that mindset. I know that sounds bizarre, but if you're going to avoid shopping that day, avoid it for a positive reason. Family, leftovers, sports ball. Me personally, I'm waiting for the Bath and Body Works candle sale in early December, where Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I go ham on buying candles for the year because we always have candles on, particularly if they smell delicious. We will rack up, easily rack up, a $200 bill on Candle Day, and you can judge me all you want, but I'm not going to be ashamed that I want my house to smell like pecan cinnamon rolls without having to bake them. Follow me on Instagram. At Atomic Skull Podcast, if you haven't followed me already, I just got my first celebrity like, you guys. I'm going to be a total star fucker for a second here. David Furnish, who is a filmmaker and an AIDS activist and Elton John's husband, liked my update from last week and I creamed myself all over the goddamn place. So that's pretty amazing, right? If you haven't given me five stars on Spotify or Apple, or if you have someone who is living with you who hasn't given me five stars on Spotify or Apple, grab their phone with consent, just find Atomic Skull Podcast, rate me five stars, give me a quick follow, you guys. That is something that would be hugely beneficial to me and that I would appreciate so much. Oh, shit, song of the week before I go. Let's do the song of the week. I am going, there's no way we are getting out of November without me doing November Rain by Guns N' Roses for the song of the week. It is a very personal song to me. Maybe the all-time best music video. I'm not sure, but it's very possible that it's the greatest music video of all time. And there is a new version of it. Guns N' Roses, when they recorded the original, they did a lot of, there's a huge, orchestral part throughout the entire nine minute fucking song. They did it all with synthesizers back in the day, but someone, I I know the band had a part in it, but someone had the brilliant idea to actually get a live hundred piece orchestra and record over the original version. So Song of the Week is the new version of November Rain with a proper full orchestra, which I've listened to several times sounds beautiful you can find that on the atomic skull songs of the week playlist on spotify please check that out a lot of great stuff on there personally curated by yours truly now next week if it all works out like it's supposed to next week is going to be a very special and very different kind of episode so i hope that you tune in i think that you'll be very glad you did And I look forward to seeing you guys then. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful weekend. My love to you and my love to your families out there. Enjoy yourself. Stay on Taylor Swift's good side. Apologies to my mother-in-law. And how are you doing?